means we can all listen to the sunny side of sports. Great show, bro. This is sunny side of sports. Right here on the Voice of America. Voice of America. Sporty greetings to all our Voice of America listeners. This is VOA Sunny Young in Washington. Welcome to the February 14th edition of the sunny side of sports. Voice of America. The Voice of America is once again a proud broadcasting partner of the Men's Basketball Africa League, or BAL, which tips off its third season on March 11th in Dakar, Senegal. The BAL has announced the game schedule and the 12 teams from 12 African countries that will compete in the 2023 season. A.S. Duanis of Senegal will play ABC Fighters of Ivory Coast in the opening game on March 11th in Dakar. Now, ABC Fighters are one of five teams making their debut in BAL Season 3. The others are Quara Falcons of Nigeria, Stad Malian of Mali, Al Ali of Egypt, and City Oilers of Uganda. ABC Fighters, Quara Falcons, and Stad Malian are in the Sahara Conference, which also includes AS Duanis, Rwanda Energy Group, and defending BAL champion U.S. Monastir of Tunisia. They will play games from March 11th to March 21st, and the top four teams in the conference will advance to the BAL playoffs in May. Meanwhile, the league's Nile Conference teams will play games between April 26th and May 6th. The teams in this conference are Al-Ali, Cape Town Tigers of South Africa, City Oilers, Ferroviario de Berra of Mozambique, Petro de Luanda of Angola, and Seydou Legacy Athletic Club of Guinea. Again, the top four teams in the conference will advance to the BAL playoffs. Meanwhile, Samson O'Malley reports the defending BAL champion, U.S. Monastir, was in action over the weekend in Spain. The defending champions of the Basketball African League, U.S. Monastery of Tunisia, lost the third-place playoff to Rio Grande Valley Vipers of Brazil in the FIBA Intercontinental Cup. U.S. Monastery wrapped up their participation in the Intercontinental Cup on a disappointing note, losing 107 to 84 four points against the Brazilian side. U.S. Monastery captain Raudune Silmani sums up their participation in the tournament. It was a big experience to play against team in that level. Uh, uh, Tenerife is one of the best teams in Europe last few years. They are very strong and they show that Friday. Uh, also, the GDIC team, a lot of athletic and uh, talented players. Uh, they are uh, so good. Uh, now uh, we are African champion, but the level in Europe or in uh, the States is different a little bit. I am Samson Omale in Abuja, Nigeria. Thanks, Samson. February is Black History Month here in the USA. Los Angeles Lakers superstar LeBron James made history last week 
becoming the National Basketball Association's all-time leading scorer. In this sunny side of sports Black History Month segment, let's listen now to LeBron's reaction. I never, ever talked about being an all-time scorer in NBA history. I've, it's never even been a thought of mine until I just, I guess I start seeing my my numbers get closer and closer. I was like, oh, wow. Oh, wow. LeBron broke a scoring mark that had stood for nearly 40 years. He passed the previous record set by Kareem Abdul-Jabbar by scoring 38 points in a 133-130 to loss to the visiting Oklahoma City Thunder. LeBron now has 38,390 career points, three points more than Kareem. Now, Kareem's signature shot was the sky hook, but LeBron broke his record on a turnaround fadeaway jump shot with about 11 seconds left in the third quarter in Los Angeles. I know a lot of people wanted me to go to the sky hook to break the record or, or one of my signature dunks, uh, but my fadeaway was a signature play as well, and uh, I was able to get it and... and um, It touched nothing but the bottom of the net. (laughs) Nothing but net. LeBron says it was just an incredible feeling after he made his record-breaking shot. Tonight I actually felt like I was like sitting on top of the arena tonight uh, when that shot went in and and the the roar from the the crowd. I'm not sure if I would be able to feel that feeling again. Meanwhile, LeBron talks about the pressure he felt during his record-breaking campaign. Didn't press myself. Um, didn't, you know, overexude too much energy. Um, you know, when it comes to, um, you know, the record, um, I felt pretty good. Um, I felt in a good rhythm. Um, and once I get in a good rhythm, then I feel like I make any shot on the floor. LeBron hugged the previous record holder, Kareem Abdul-Jabbar who came out onto the floor after the record-breaking shot. In a statement, Kareem said, and I quote, LeBron's career is one of someone who planned to dominate this game. He had the size and the talent to step right into the NBA, and he immediately had his effect. It's gone on for 20 years now. He has that indefinable essence that you call leadership, that people want to get behind him. For more reaction to LeBron becoming the NBA scoring king, Iron Mike Mbonye spoke with former NBA player Olumide Oyedeji. This shows hard work. This shows a lot of dedication. So, I mean, I say congratulations to him to achieve that feat. It's all about discipline and uh, hard work and uh, being professional. So excited for the young man and he's still that age and he's still playing the way he's playing I wish him all the best there are lots of African players and indeed Nigerian players in the NBA uh, applying their trade now and there are potentials too that more and more African players will join the NBA do you think or do you foresee a situation one day one of the African players will get to this kind of uh, you know peak performance scoring as many as scoring many points in the NBA Say never. Uh, you also understand that this young man joined the NBA 
him from his early age when he was 18. But to surpass that stuff is not it's not an easy task. But I'm looking forward and I'm hoping that we're going to get Africa, who's going to get up to that stage. But um, I mean, it's a huge task, it's a big order. So I'm hopefully somehow, someday, somewhere. So, I mean, one of, the, one of our own kids will step on the plate. From what you're seeing in the NBA and with the African stars, I want to refer to somebody like Joel Embiid of Cameroon. Do you see these players living up to expectations, scoring many career highs as time goes on? Oh, yes, for sure. I mean, I believe that, I mean, they have a chance to do what they do, do what they love to do, what they do best. Um, but, I mean, it's going to be tough, but nothing is impossible. I mean, to surpass what LeBron James and that's a long queue. But nevertheless, I'm sure they could make their own part and do their own thing for themselves. Can we put it this way? Is Africa capable of producing a Karim Abdul-Jabbar one day? Does Africa have that capacity to produce such stars in future? I mean, we have produced Akim Olajuwon. We have produced Akim Olajuwon. Akim Olajuwon is great, and uh, he's one of the greatest of all time. And he will continue to be great, and there's no, no Akim, another Akim. And there's only one, and there's never going to be another one. So, uh, uh, for me... So they've got a lot of big shoes to I mean, to feel. So I never say never. Uh, we'll see all those young, talented players coming up and do what they want to do and what they love to do and just keep working records. That's former NBA player Olamide Oyadeji, and he spoke with Iron Mike Mbonye on the telephone from Hong Kong. I'm VOA Sonny Young in Washington, and you're listening to the sunny side of sports on The Voice of America. Iron Mike mentioned Joel Embiid. The Cameroonian star tallied 23 points and six rebounds Monday night to help lead the Philadelphia 76ers to a 123-104 victory over the visiting Houston Rockets. James Harden was Philadelphia's high scorer with 29 points, while Jalen Green also had 29 points for the Rockets. Philadelphia has won three games in a row and is three and a half games behind the first-place Boston Celtics in the NBA's Eastern Conference. In the Western Conference, the first-place Denver Nuggets scored a road victory Monday night against the Miami Heat. The AP's Bruce Morton reports. The Nuggets got past a slow start and cooled off the Heat 112-108. Denver coach Michael Malone said it was nice to beat an opponent that had won eight in a row on its home floor. They're a good basketball team, and I was proud of our guys for finding a way to uh, to pull the win out and, uh, and stay focused and locked in on what we're trying to accomplish. The Nuggets were down 11 in the first quarter before going on to win for the sixth time in eight starts. Nikola Jokic led the way with 27 points and 12 rebounds. The Nuggets now lead the West by five games. I'm Bruce Morton. Thanks, Bruce. With more Monday night NBA results, here's the AP's Chuck Freeman. In the NBA, Donovan Mitchell had 41, and Cleveland bested San Antonio 117-109. Coach J.B. Bickerstaff says it was just what the Cavs needed. I thought his approach was the right approach from the beginning. You know, he was aggressive. 
um, and trying to make sure we did the things that we were supposed to do. And then in moments where we needed buckets, he went out and got them for us. Portland defeated the LA Lakers 127-115. Golden State 135, Washington 126. Kyrie Irving had 36 for his new team, but Dallas got beat by Minnesota 124-121. Jalen Brunson had 40 in New York's 124-106 win over Brooklyn. Orlando down Chicago, New Orleans beat Oklahoma City, Utah beat Indiana, and it was Charlotte over Atlanta. Chuck Freeman. Sporty greetings. This is Masai Ujiri, the president of Toronto Raptors Basketball, president of Giants of Africa Foundation. You are listening to the sunny side of sports on The Voice of America. VOA, VOA Africa would like to hear from you. Send us a text message or a voice note on WhatsApp 24-7. Leave a comment, request, or send us a greeting, and you could be hearing your message on VOA Africa. Simply dial the international code plus one, then 202-258-3076. We are always happy to hear from you. The number again is international code plus one, then 202-258-3076. VOA Africa, your trusted source for news, sports, entertainment and music. VOA brings you the best in African music on the African beat. African Beat showcases the latest and the greatest of contemporary African music. From bobo music to hip life, bonga flavor to sukus, Afrobeat to Ndombolo and Makosa to Kwaito. The African Beat on VOA has it all. And it's happening right here, Mondays through Fridays at 09.05 and 20.05 UTC right after the international news. Thanks, David. That's David Vandy, the host of our African Beat music show still on the sunny side of sports beat sunday super bowl 57 here in the usa was one of the most watched programs in u.s television history in fact it made the podium for most watched shows as we hear now from the AP's Lisa Dwyer. Sunday's Super Bowl was the third most watched television show in history, with an estimated 113 million people watching the Kansas City Chiefs rally to defeat the Philadelphia Eagles. Rihanna's halftime show averaged 118.7 million viewers, making it the second most watched Super Bowl halftime show in history. Katy Perry's 2015 performance still holds the top mark at 121 million. According to Adobe Analytics, the digital Digital feed averaged a Super Bowl record 7 million streams. That's an 18% increase over last year and more than double Fox's 2020 Super Bowl. I'm Lisa Dwyer. Follow the sunny side of sports on Facebook, Twitter, and at voaafrica.com. My Facebook address is facebook.com forward slash VOA Sunny. My Twitter handle is at VOA Sunny Sports. 
And if you go to voaafrica.com, you can listen online to the Sunny Side of Sports and other VOA programs. Check out voaafrica.com. Let's give a Sunny Side of Sports birthday salute to Argentina and Juventus footballer Angel Di Maria who is celebrating his 35th birthday on this Tuesday. At the 2022 FIFA World Cup, Angel Di Maria scored his team's second goal against France in that exciting World Cup final, minutes after winning the penalty for the first goal as Argentina defeated France 4-2 on penalties in one of the epic World Cup finals. Happy 35th birthday, Angel Di Maria! Maxwell, host of Music Time in Africa. Join me every Saturday and Sunday for an hour of awesome African music. Wake up, dance this music. Like to stay on top of new music trends? Breakout artists? New releases? Maybe you just love the classic styles and artists of the past. Or simply the sound and feel of a good beat. Whatever your pleasure, you can get it every week right here on Music Time in Africa. So join me on your local FM station, Saturdays and Sundays at 1500 and 2000 UTC. Sporty greetings, everyone. This is Ambassador Mary Onyal, Olympic medalist, five-time African champion in the sprint events. You are listening to the sunny side of sports on The Voice of America. In auto racing, South Africa's scenic city of Cape Town will host the continent's first-ever Formula E championship for electric racing cars on February 25th. The vehicles are powered by batteries charged by generators run on biofuel, making the E-Pre an event driven completely by clean energy. And auto racing experts are predicting the Cape Town E-Pre will help the sport take a giant leap forward in Africa. Darren Taylor tells us more. These electric-powered Formula E racing cars sound very different to their Formula One counterparts, although they look identical. The E-cars, though, are a bit slower, reaching top speeds of 320 kilometers per hour. Their Formula One cousins can go almost 400 kilometers per hour. 
Formula E made its debut only eight years ago with organizers focused on the electrification of the automobile industry. They introduced hybrid and electric systems that would reduce carbon dioxide emissions. Traditional Formula One cars have internal combustion engines powered by high-octane fossil fuels that pollute the atmosphere. South African businessman and motorsport enthusiast Ian Banner has been fighting to bring an E-Prix to Cape Town since he saw the very first Formula E race at the Beijing Olympic Green Circuit in September 2014. Well, just imagine this. You are competing with the world. There's many, many cities in the world that are looking to put this on. It's an expensive endeavor. You need a street circuit that's got to be prepared. We have the city of Cape Town who very graciously believed in us and have built the track. You've got all sorts of capex required around barriers and fences and tech pro infrastructure. That's before you've even started getting towards the race. Banner had to bring all 11 Formula E teams, including those of Porsche, Maserati and Nissan, to Cape Town to do inspections and to green light the proposed track. It's a big, big lift. We are on the tip of Africa, but I've always believed we can punch above our weight. And here we are having successfully secured it. You know, it's a great spectacle. And we've tried to make it even greater by bringing purpose and a cause that will result in legacy in our country under the Go Green Africa banner. And it'll be a showpiece that people will love to come and see and experience, showcasing the incredible power of these Formula E vehicles on a racetrack that I believe will be a top three on the global calendar. Go Green Africa is a private initiative supported by some of the continent's biggest corporates to educate people about the need to switch to sustainable energy sources and to move away from harmful fossil fuels. And there's a 10-day festival ahead of the race, an electric vehicle road trip for 10 days, which is going to bring a highlight to e-mobility. We have a festival called Electric that will happen adjacent to the racetrack for two days, showcasing all things e, from bicycles and scooters and one-wheelers to cars, OEMs, buses, taxis, etc., charging solutions. Banner explains the racetracks constructed around the iconic Cape Town Stadium, near the ocean and at the foot of Table Mountain. It's 2.88 kilometers in length. I've been over it many times recently, and it showcases the beauty of the mother city, which in turn showcases Africa and South Africa in a beautiful way to the world. Banner can't wait for the e-engines to start in Cape Town on the 25th of February. And remember, we're not doing this for one year. We're doing this for the next 10, I think, 20 or 30 years. This needs to be a permanent feature. We need to bring people back into South Africa travel-wise after COVID. They need to come and ex experience this beautiful country. We have so much to offer, by the way, of hospitality and restaurants and, and the like, the wine farms, the ocean, the mountains. So it's a global destination, it's an international destination that people would love to come and be part of. And this is just another of those exciting properties that's going to help. To he says he'd love to win E-Prix races for other major African cities. But he acknowledges adequate infrastructure and the stringent requirements of motorsports governing body, the FIA, are major challenges. 
For now, he says, he'll concentrate on winning African fans for Formula E and in so doing, winning converts to alternative energy sources. For the sunny side of sports, I'm Darren Taylor in Johannesburg. Thanks, Darren. This is the voice of America. Washington, D.C. The Formula One team McLaren is celebrating 60 years of F1 auto racing. VOA's Gwen Uten takes a closer look at how the team is entering a new era in racing and setting their sights on a bright future. Sporty greetings, Gwen. Sporty greetings, Sonny. Team McLaren celebrated its 60th anniversary at their England-based walking headquarters on Monday and launched the new MCL 60 Challenger for the upcoming Formula One season. The team are looking to improve on their 2022 campaign, in which they slipped to a disappointing fifth place in the Constructors' Championship. And McLaren CEO Zach Brown said this season, the team is aiming for a top four finish. We want to take a good step forward. You know, last year was um, not the year that we'd, we'd hoped for. We were fourth most of the year, obviously finished fifth, had a variety of, of issues, which uh, hopefully we've tackled coming into this season. Zach Brown believes McLaren's newly unveiled MCL 60, named in honor of the team's 60th anniversary, is capable of winning races. And the driver expected to win them is Belgian-British racing driver Lando Norris. Norris enters his fifth F1 season as one of the most talented drivers on the circuit, with six podiums to his name. But despite not yet securing his first win, the 23-year-old says winning is not his top priority in 2023. Being honest, um, it's, it's not a, a target for me this, this season. Um, uh, I don't even know how the car is going to be. So I don't, there's, no, there's no point setting any targets which can be unrealistic. Um, of course, I'm sure every single driver on the grid wants to win, but it's, F1 is a, is a patience game at the same time. And um, sometimes it can take 10 years, sometimes five years, whatever. Norris's comments were echoed by new McLaren team principal Andrea Stilla, who says it could take several races for the new MCL60 to reach its full potential. I think challenging for wins um, may realistically take longer than uh, one season. So um, at the moment, our objective for this season is to be over the course of the season uh, top four team and then if we continue the journey of development like we have planned then hopefully in the 24 months should be able to um, compete for victories. This year will be a season of change for McLaren. Along with the new MCL60 design, the team will also feature Australian newcomer Oscar Piastri, who says he's ready to make his F1 debut with McLaren. I think obviously going into my first year just try and learn as much as possible. Um, there's, there's a lot to learn in the world of F1. Um, but yeah, I think just laying the foundations, make sure I do everything uh, the right way first and 
um, and then whatever results come as a, a result of doing all those things correctly will be a, a bonus. I think obviously taking a year on the sidelines is not, not ideal, um, but I think I learned, um, you know, it was a bit of a, a soft introduction into F1, I guess. Uh, I got to experience, you know, a lot of the sort of other things of being an F1 driver without the, the driving, so I don't think it was, um, you know, I think there was definitely some useful learning from last year. Um, but of course, I haven't raced for over a year now, so there'll be a bit of rust there, I'm sure. In the 2022 season, Piastri was appointed as Alpine F1 team's reserve driver, but found himself in the middle of a legal dispute between Alpine and McLaren that was brought in front of the Contract Recognition Board. He was ultimately released from his contract to join McLaren in 2023, and Zach Brown believes Piastri will present a formidable challenge against his new F1 teammate, Lando Norris. Uh, he's very mature. He's very uh, calm, especially with what happened uh, last year. You know, that was a lot of pressure to put on a, a, a 21-year-old who's not even in Formula One yet and the accusations that were, were th- thrown his way, which turned out to be totally uh, inaccurate by the unanimous decision by the CRB. And all he was doing was looking after his career after, you know, thinking I might have to sit out uh, two years. And just the way he conducted himself, he was cool, calm, collected. And that's what we're seeing as he gets into the race environment. It's just all business, very focused. I think Oscar will learn from from Lando. I think Lando will learn from, from Oscar. Um, I think they're going to race each other. Uh, hard and uh, looking forward to having uh, two cars uh, competitive. The 21-year-old rookie joins Lando Norris to form the youngest driver lineup on the grid. McLaren kicks off the Formula One season at the Bahrain Grand Prix on March 3rd. And the MCL 60 Challenger will reportedly make its official debut on the track at the preseason test in Bahrain on February 23rd. And that is all from me, Sonny. Back over to you. Thanks, Gwen. That's my VOA colleague, Gwen Uten. And that wraps up the February 14th edition of the show. Thank you for tuning in. I'm VOA Sunny Young in Washington, and that's the sunny side of sports.